I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey. You're listening to The Big Payoff with me, Rachel Bellow, and my best friend and business partner, me, Suzanne Musian. We're going to give you a chance to listen in on the conversations we're having at work that you will never hear at business school. And I would know, because I'm a professor at a business school. I thought you were fired, Suzanne. Weren't you fired? Not yet, Rachel. <laughs> Not yet. This episode is a part two to the episode where we talked about not being able to hug it out as the solution when you've had a conflict with someone. There are better ways to do it. And we thought, what better way to show you how to resolve a conflict with someone who matters to you than to take you right to the heart of the biggest fight that Rachel and I have ever had. This is the first time we've ever really talked about it in public, but we're going to take you there. I actually think, and I hope we have a shared reality on this, that the way you and I did the resolution from our big fight, actually, it did. It it was it was real. It worked. Yeah, it's a it works, and it's a formula. I think that people could follow. Whether this is in your personal life or a, a lighter, yep. you don't have to have a deep betrayal, just a falling out. Yep. How to fall back in. So Rachel, my palms are actually a little yes. sweaty right I'm now. Scared. I'm scared. I'm actually scared. Um, you know, and it's, it's interesting because our old coach, Hank Norman, used to tell us, don't protect each other. You protect each other too yeah. much. Yeah. And, and I think in this moment, it's not really about protecting each other because I think we're trying to serve a higher purpose here, which is really to share with our listeners how our experience can be helpful to them. So I'm going to mm -hmm. try to stay at that you know, with that in mind. So this is really a lesson in four parts because our fallout and then our healing happened in four parts. Yep. So let's do it a little bit like the show, The Affair, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'll, we'll do a little, she said, she said, mm -hmm. trying to keep it crisp. So I'll start with the phone call, which is what launched, <coughs> launched us in. And by the way, by the way, uh -huh. something that will help me, and so I wanted to help you, and also yeah. I really do want to remind you listening mm -hmm. that each one of these realities is real. This was the point about the affair, right? It isn't, there is no one reality. There right. is the what was real to Suzanne while this was happening, what was real to me. So let's keep that in mind 
in, and the temptation is, uh-uh, that's not what, it's like to jerk right. someone over to the other yeah. side. Okay. It's yeah. going to be very tempting. Ah! Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here's part one. All right. So I was in the middle of fundraising, which as any regular listener to the podcast knows, we have talked about that fundraise and it's an impact on me just ad nauseum on this podcast. I mean, it's over now, but at the time it was not, I was really in the thick of it. And I'd been working really closely with one of our advisors throughout this fundraising process, specifically because he was really good with pitching to investors and really good with finances. Now, this guy really caused me a lot of anxiety. I am not good with finances. And so there was this moment where I really needed help and support with a specific pitch. Like it was probably the biggest pitch in the entire process. And I knew that I was going to get slammed on the financials, just peppered with questions I was going to have a really hard time asking. So I needed help. And I knew that this was going to be an area of vulnerability. I mean, Rachel knows this, which is important, actually, Rachel, to this story, that finances are an area of vulnerability for you and for me. It's not our strong suit. So asking for help was a big deal. And look, I was open to getting help. However, ironically, this one person, Robert, the advisor in our world, who at the time probably could have helped... I did not want to help. He was just too closely involved and I thought he would have made me feel bad, like bad about myself and bad about my lack of knowledge and just bad about how I felt going into this pitch and bad about the company. I got on the phone on a call in the morning that I really thought was not going to be a big deal, but I still felt like I need to needed to have where Rachel and our COO our chief operating officer, Stephanie, they were on the phone and I just laid this out to them. So I said to them, all right, you two, here's the deal. I do need to put financials together for this pitch. And here are some people that I will go to for help, but I just want to be really clear that I do not want Robert helping me. Okay. Like I just don't want Robert in this mix. And I know that your temptation, both of you is going to be to tell me to go to Robert but I just don't want him helping me right now. And I'm sure you understand. I did say to them, and I want to get your take on it. Like I just, I want to get your opinion on it. But I remember in my head thinking, I'm asking them what they think about that, but I can't imagine they would disagree knowing how vulnerable I am around the finances. And instead of getting a total clap of support from them. Like you go girl, I get it. How hard you're working on this raise. We can totally get other people to review these. We don't need to involve Robert. Rachel really pushed back hard and was like, well, why? Like, I don't get why you wouldn't want to involve Robert. He is so helpful. So, you know, on gift, we, he's a consultant. He's super smart in this. Why can't you let him help you. And I was stunned, like completely stunned by that. And it got to the point where I felt so angry and hurt by that. What I felt was like a lack of understanding of my vulnerability and how this person made me feel 
that I just hung up the phone. I think I might've hung up. Yeah. So my version of that is almost the same, except for a couple of key things. And this came up later when we were processing it. First of all, both Stephanie and I pushed back hard on this because you did not say to show Robert would make me feel bad. I just, I just don't want to have that feeling, right? You said, I don't trust Robert. Meanwhile, we're paying Robert a lot of money to advise us on our finances. That's part of Robert's contract. I knew you had, and this is so important, right? You felt, I know, very vulnerable. And you felt as if you had been so clear about your vulnerability around Robert. But in fact, you demonized Robert as being untrustworthy and all the bad things about Robert as opposed to, you know what, I may feel that way, but the, and I do feel that way, but the main thing is I just don't want to, I feel bad, I feel less, and it makes me feel terrible in a meeting. I can't have that feeling, which you later said, and it completely is true. And by the way, I will cop to the, cop to the fact that I know you well enough to know that you did feel that. But you had never said it. You had never really said it. So it was a situation where actually, if I really slow-mo it, I felt offended and underneath that hurt that you didn't trust me with that vulnerability, that you dressed it up and ennobled it in this person is objectively untrustworthy, and it is on that basis that you guys are going to agree with me not to show the financials to Robert. And yet I knew that that wasn't the reason. But you didn't trust me enough to be vulnerable. And so I wasn't going to let you have that. So that was the phone call, and it was bad. Part two is my reaction to that. So... I felt that that phone call was actually violent. Literally, that's how I felt. I felt attacked, like literally violently attacked and judged. And it was in part because of one phrase Rachel used during the phone call that was the most hurtful to me, where Rachel, you said during the phone call when you were sort of really doing something that you would normally do not to me, which is like peppering me with questions. Like go, when you're like on the move, you use your words really, really quickly, like, like, like arrow, arrow, arrow. I've seen you do it to other people, but you were doing it to me in what I felt was my most vulnerable moment, even though I hear you now say like, you didn't perceive it to be vulnerable. But you said to me, what, are you worried that you're not going to get, you know, the truth about our finances or, or something of that vein? Like, are you worried to see the truth? Are you worried we're, you're not going to, that this, you know, outcome won't give you a, a rosy picture of our finances or something that suggested that to see I the truth, willing like, yeah. to show you're our not investors strong enough, the right. truth? And it wasn't about you attacking my integrity. It was more about you in, uh, attacking my ability to see the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm not strong enough. And, and it was like that felt 
violent to me, like being kicked while I was down. So I sent an email that really outlined using this methodology that I should not have used, but it was like core to our company at the time called nonviolent communication, explaining why I felt Rachel's communication was violent. And in response to that, Rachel wrote to me a very loving email. It was really a very loving email, but it took no accountability. It was just an email that more or less said back to me, I am so sorry that you are hurt, that you are hurting. It was one of those like, I'm sorry you're feeling the way you're feeling, but it took no responsibility for any actions on, her, on your part. And that just set me off again. Like that felt violent to me. So at that point, this is the end of the email, exchange. At that point, I think we both just knew like this was done. Like this part of the communication was done. So my my memory was that I began that, first of all, the email that you sent was to me and Stephanie. And that to yes. me was yeah. a conscious violation of trust. I, that had never happened before. So I was so shocked by the, by the email because it demonstrated a level of not just hurt, but again, there was more accusation than hurt in that email. It was more about you were yeah. violent. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it yeah. was so shocking to me that that was the read, like really that my saying, no, I think we should show Robert. That is ridiculous. We're paying Robert. This is blah, 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 blah. That that would be like a violent thing. I said in my very first line of that email back to you, not, I'm so sorry you're hurting. I said, Suzanne, that was not my experience of the call at all. And that's right. why I didn't yeah. take accountability. Accountability for what? It wasn't, it was literally like you were describing an experience that I was not a part of. So I said, that was not my experience at all. It wounds me. It did. It felt so painful to me that you were in that kind of pain. I wasn't saying, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm saying it hurts me that you are feeling so hurt. And so oh, the most I could say that was also totally true was, ow, ow, you, I mean, seeing you in this kind of, like a, like an animal, wounded animal, like was so yeah. painful to me. And yet I was, you were describing an experience that was not familiar to me. Okay. Then the text exchanges happened and it was back and forth. Here's the key, Suzanne. During the text exchanges, I suddenly felt it was so clear to me, trapped in a story that didn't belong to me. I was trapped, and I knew who it belonged to. It was suddenly, when you are at that level of hurt, which you and I had never, I had never caused that kind of hurt to you before, but now I was standing on the other side of a level of hurt that I had only heard about with your mother, all of a sudden, everything that was coming at me was like exactly the script of what you say to your mother. Oh, you say it wasn't your experience. Oh, so it's all about you. 
And I was like, what? Wait, what? Where I? And it sounded so familiar to me. It was like, oh, I'm in a script that is not mine. But we both agreed because you were still so angry and so hurt. And it just wasn't getting anywhere. We just stopped. We just stopped. And Suzanne, we did not talk or text or have any exchange for 10 days. Yeah. That's the longest since I met you that I have ever not, con- and it was conscious. It was like, we, I don't trust myself. You don't trust yourself. It was like, I, this is going to get like relationship ending. Yeah. Well, when you said that to me, you said in a text to me, I need some time because this is too hot for me. That was yeah. the phrase you used. And you said, and I'm worried that if we talk about this right now, it could be, you know, relationship ending or, or we'll never come back like from that. that or something. Yeah. 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 You said something like that. And I interpreted that as, oh my God, Rachel thinks that it's possible to walk away from our friendship. Like Rachel thinks that that is possible to do. And I remember just going like, like I was, I can't even touch those feelings. Like I'm crying right now thinking about it. I was like, I don't know what to do with those feelings of thinking that Rachel could go there, like go to a place where she pictured our friendship ending. So I couldn't touch that. Like I, that was part of what I couldn't touch. And the worst moment for me was that Lily, your daughter was pregnant and was due any day. And you know how much I love Lily and love Milo, her son. And I remember that I had to ask you in a text if you were going to tell me when Lily had her baby. Right. And that shocked, that shocked me, Suzanne, because I was like, oh, and then I was suddenly going, oh, wait, does she think that I could end the relationship at that level that I would like, you'd be the first person I would call. And I think all I said back was like, I don't remember what I said back, but it was something like, I was so shocked. Like you were like, you were like, of course I would. Oh, you were, you said like, yeah. of course I yeah, will. Yeah. And like, that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
So the fourth part was, I can't remember why we both agreed to the particular day or time, but we finally both agreed that like enough time had passed that we could talk. Yeah, it was when we got on the phone and we, we decided to have the talk because it was the weekend and I was, I was going to take a long, long walk. Yeah. So we got on the phone and we decided that we were going to let each other talk and not respond. Like listening, we were going to practice listening and not responding and let the other person get basically what we just did yeah. just now. Just listen and not respond without defensiveness. Which is hard. Which is hard. Which is so hard. But we also then try to listen for, this is so important, listen for the places we erred. Like clearly we each had made an error or we wouldn't have arrived here because everything is anything involving two people takes two people unless you're being physically abused, you know? So if it's a relationship, there's two people. So we both agreed that we were going to, you know, look for the places where we would have done things differently or where we could extract like an aha moment and that we were going to literally talk it out until we both came to that moment. Why? Because that's the moment where you accept responsibility and accountability for what occurred, number one. And number two, just like your story with Julie, that's where you know how to avoid it in the future. And Suzanne, I think at the beginning of the conversation, we both said that the goal of the conversation was to Fully understand what the other's experience was. Yes. Because we hadn't, we'd both been, you know, behind bars in our own experience. And and we I needed to fully understand. And by the way, when you do that, when you fully grasp what the experience of the other is, whether that's the Trump voter. Even, you know, I'm sure even the Proud Boys, although I don't, I won't go there, like, I won't go there with that just because I don't believe that, that it's, I don't believe that they feel the same way. You have to believe that the other party is prepared to understand your experience as well. But with Suzanne, obviously, although she is a proud girl, um, I, (laughs) I knew that she wanted to understand my experience, and I definitely wanted to understand hers. Okay, so that was the ground rule. We did that. So what Rachel and I realized was that I had not shown in that very first conversation that I felt vulnerable. And because I hadn't shown that to Rachel, she felt like I didn't trust her enough to show my vulnerability, and that triggered her. Right. And then you realized that you being triggered like that made you to some extent go on the attack. Like, well, what I did, what it did was it put, it put me on the other. I was not in your corner. I was in a different corner. And that, that was so shocking because we don't do that. We don't, get in different corners 
you get in my corner when I'm having yeah. a big experience, a big feeling, you get in my corner and go, okay, well, let's work this out. Let's yeah. understand it. I moved away from your corner. Whether I attacked or not, the fact was I moved aggressively yeah. away from your corner. And that was an abandonment and a betrayal feeling right. on your part, right? But what was really interesting about that conversation, Suzanne, was once we got through the conversation, the most interesting thing that happened was, of course, whenever these kinds of ruptures happen, they don't happen out of the blue. There's a long standing something else that hasn't been said. And you and I had an exchange about that where you said to me, I can't remember who went first, but we, I think we agreed, okay, now that we've repaired the, the crack in the surface, which was a bad, bad crack in the bumper, now let's go to the engine and go, there's something going on in here that we need to also acknowledge. And that was really important because now we were linked arms. And I was saying something about how you were very yes. defensive, yeah. all that you had been yeah. particularly defensive lately. And you said, I feel as if you take advantage of the fact that I'm on the outside meeting with investors and stuff, and you get, and that gives you the luxury of being on the inside. And I feel as if, you know, you don't acknowledge that. And you judge and sometimes. In fact, that you judge, yeah. right, that you judge my outwardness, yeah. right? And that was true. And there was so much truth. And then we did this magical thing. Okay. We didn't just leave it there as if the understanding was going to take care of everything. We said, okay, so let's make a deal. Now, it doesn't even matter that we haven't really done this <laughs> since then, but the deal was every time I hear you being defensive, I'm going to text you because, you know, because of COVID, we're always, we're never together physically, but we're in a Zoom call with other people. So I'm going to text you a D, right? Yes. And, and every time... I'm doing that thing. You're going to text, text me an A for aggressive. Or a J right? for or judgmental. Or whatever. Yeah. J judgmental. for judgment. A J for judgment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But, you know, <laughs> but this is what you have to do. I mean, this is how far you have to go. And, and so I, I want to just now extract for people listening and say, you may be listening to this thinking, well, you two can only do this because you're Rachel and Suzanne and you've had this 20, you know, three-year relationship and you're so committed to it and I don't have relationships. But that's just not true because the steps that we took, let's just break them out. So step one, if you need time, take time. You know, so often... Let me go oh, back go to the actual yeah, rupture. Yeah, yeah. I'll go back to the rupture itself yeah. and say... Whatever the content of the rupture is, the fact is that there is always two people who have moved apart to opposite ends of the boxing ring, yes. right? Or of the ring. Yeah. They've just moved apart. And that that moving apart is experienced by people differently, but it's always bad. It can be, feel like a betrayal. It can feel like an attack. It can feel like an abandonment. But the rapid moving to opposite sides has to be acknowledged 
first. Yes. Because that's yes. where the rupture happens. And acknowledged as if it is actually their reality. I mean, we're listening right now to the Senate. No one is lying. I mean, some people maybe, but as far as experience goes, there truly are two different experiences of our democracy being experienced in real time. And there is no acknowledgement of that or not enough. No. Nope. And that is part nope. of why we can't and it's, unify. It's basically, right. And it's basically an assumption that if you're having a different experience, you are in bad faith. Right. You're lying. You're not really having right. a bad, a different experience. You can't possibly be having a different experience. Right. You must be lying. A and the truth is there can still be one set of facts. So that's where Kellyanne Conway got it wrong. Right. One set of facts, two different experiences. That's what has right. to be acknowledged. Okay. Because experiences are emotional. Okay. The second thing is there is an amount of time that is required before you are ready to dig in. And, and for every situation and every ex relationship, that's different because people process things differently. So if one person insists that like right then and there, we've got to talk this out and you need time, as long as you don't ask your boss for like a month, you can say, right. you know what? You need I, I need Absolutely. the weekend or I, I need a day or two. I just need to get my thoughts together. So that's the second thing. The, okay. The other thing is, and you did this because of Lily was going to have a baby, but what really broke the silence was the vulnerability of that request. Yeah. Truly, the truly magic dissolver is vulnerability. Yes. Now, you may not want to be the one being vulnerable, but I guarantee you that if you are, if you can manage a vulnerable act, it will dissolve the situation. And that vulnerable act can have nothing manipulative in it. No. There can be nothing. It has to be pure vulnerability. Ask your team right now. I mean, if you're somebody on a team right now where there's tension, what they want from, from the other people on their team. We just had this ourselves with our team. People want vulnerability. People want to know that yep. the way they're feeling, it, they're not alone. They're not alone. Okay. Exactly. So, okay. And then the final thing is when you do end up talking, set ground rules and a good ground rule to set is always the goal of this conversation is I want to understand you and I want you to understand me fully, fully, fully. And then take accountability, listen for your responsibility. Don't listen for anything else. You're listening for what you can take on and claim as yours, yeah. your responsibility. So that's what you're listening for. You're going to be tempted to listen for where the other person finally goes, okay, here, this was my fault. That is the opposite of what you're doing. You're processing it till you arrive at your moment of accountability. And they're doing the same because that's what's needed. And then we keep saying finally, but the last step is, figure out the one thing that needs to occur so that you're not back here again. So this is where I think for everyone who's had a rupture, that's not 
look, obviously there are relationships that are not fixable or shouldn't be fixed. But if you're in a relationship where you want it repaired or need it repaired, we just gave you the roadmap. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to everybody's favorite light moment of the show. Suzanne, let's let's check it out. Yeah, let's check it out. Let's check it out. We should check it out. So this came to me from Cat Cole. This is a brand called House of Wise, W-I-S-E. And the theme of the House of Wise is women should take control over their sleep, their ability to relax, and their sex lives. And they have three different CBD formulas, one for sleep, one for relaxation, and one for sex. And they come in bottles and gummies. I've only done the sleep one so far, and I don't say that because, like, I'm a prude, and that's very telling. It's <laughs> very telling. That's very telling. Well, maybe because my sex life Where is your am- life is right now. Or maybe my sex right. life is amazing. The sleep one, you put it under your tongue, and, and it's a droplet, a dropper thing, and let it sit for 60 seconds, and then you swallow it. And there is a little bit, and it's CBD, not THC, not that it would matter, but it tastes a little bit THCE as it goes down, you're out. Whole night, the whole freaking night. What is it? And what's it called? House of Wise, W-I-S-E. Out. Okay. All night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is actually highly appropriate given what this show is about. This is the most unlikely Instagram account you will ever follow, and you will thank me for the remainder of your days. It is Dr. Becky at Home, D-R Becky at Home, and it's Becky Kennedy, okay? And she is a child psychologist, and she has three children, okay? Now, I happen to know her, and I'm not going to say anything. She has a very creepy delivery. Let's just say it, okay? It's super creepy. You're going to be like, oh, I, I can't. I can't listen to this. When I tell you how brilliant her insights are, every episode, quote unquote, every Instagram feed is about a particular thing, a meltdown and what you do in a meltdown when you have one child who needs your attention, but the other one is having a meltdown. Okay. What do you do when this, that? It's all versions of meltdown, partly because she has a three-year-old. But, and she really goes there. And then she takes you step by step. First of all, if I had had Dr. Becky when I was a mother of young children, I swear to God, neither of my girls would be in therapy now. And I would have been such a better mother. It's so genius. It doesn't matter whether she really does this or not. I believe she actually does because she gives very specific examples of the hilarious fights. I mean, the meltdowns. And and, the, and I know this because my grandson is three. The meltdowns are perfectly ridiculous. Like, no, I want eight ice cream cones, Maymay. I do not want one. I want eight. It's like, what? You can't, what? So I'm just telling you, she does the thing and then she gives you the step-by-step right? And the first step, this is so genius, is always before you do anything, 
to repair the problem, you stop, you close your eyes, you put your hand on your chest and you say, I am not a bad mother. And then you open your eyes and you say, and my child is not a bad child. And the reason you do that is those are the undercurrents of everything that's happening, right? Underneath that fight you're having with your kid is your conviction that you actually are a terrible mother or that there's something wrong with your child, right? And neither is true. So all I have to add to that is, do you know that when I sent you that, that Instagram video of her that I, you had not told me about her? You said to me, yeah. I heard about her from Parvati Shallow. You had not heard, and I was yeah. mesmerized. Yeah. Mes- and she's a, a little like Marie, though, Suzanne. She is. She's a she's little, a little like, like Marie. Marie, who yeah. is another story. But let us also just say, <laughs> that's for another check it out. I, I will also put in a plug to say what she says applies to adults also. I mean, uh, totally. It's ap- totally. I, I that's the like, reason. Yeah, this Com- is so helpful to she's me. Genius. 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 So helpful. Yeah. And I had gotten it from my daughter, who had been sending it to me. And then when I sent it to people I know who have young kids, every one of them was like, uh, duh, this and big little feelings is the other Instagram, which I haven't checked out. But check it out, Dr. Becky at home. That's all for this week. Thanks to our listeners and also to our audio engineer, Ryan Derringer at Welter Waite Studio and our producer, Ireland Meacham at Audiation. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayOffRadio.com on the Acast app or wherever else you listen. And remember, if you want to keep hearing our sage advice, my sage advice, remember to rate and review us. It really does help.